0: Dawson. Drop that beat to start the episode. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson.
1: Hi everyone, Jowson with you here. Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. is 24th of February, 2022. Now, I get a question from Elizabeth. She asked, uh, why is it sometimes you get tongue-tied... And you don't edit that out. Or you may have to think about a word or something like that. Why don't you edit that out? Elizabeth, the reason why I don't edit this show is because you don't edit your lives, right? You live your lives as you do every day. Well, here's the thing. Every show pretty much is edited on most podcast platforms, and shows. So they'll run a live or something like that. What I try to do is... Be just as natural as I can with you. Just like I just walked up to you, sat down at the table, and we just started talking. That's the way it works. I'm not sitting here trying to edit, trying to perfect. I don't want perfection. I want the mistakes. The reason being because many of you listening have made mistakes yourselves. You have gaffes all over the place. So the way I look at it is like It would be disingenuous for me to try to identify with you if I'm not doing the very same things you do, right? I'm not trying to have people look up to me as if I'm some kind of uh, bastion of knowledge. I'm a person just like they are. See, I don't want to be a Rush Limbaugh. I don't want to be an Imus. I just want to be me. Because the message, again, is more important than who I am. You know, I look at all these other shows in the past. Guess what they had? Even now with the podcasts and different shows, everybody has their name plastered all over the show. Romantic Truth is the name of this show. I just happen to be the host. If I were to die or Natalie was to come in and take over, it'll still be romantic truth. I'm irrelevant. Even though I put the show together, even though I created everything from the ground up, I made it so that I could be replaced. I'm not narcissistic like that, where I got to go and have my name plastered all over everything, or where I have to go out and, for some reason, have an identity or a persona based on that. See, I got enough attention as a child and as growing up at a college and university campus that I don't need any more attention. I worked in radio. I worked in television. I had all the attention I needed throughout the years. So I never felt as though it was something I always needed. I needed to be in front of somebody. I needed to go and perform in order to get their attention. I never had that problem never came up so it's hard for me to relate to people who are always trying to seek attention that's the reason why I don't date women who basically go on Instagram and showing their ass and all that not interested in those women nope and the thirst ain't real with me for that so don't even try it There's not one woman online that I'm thirsty for. The only thing I'm thirsty for is a beer. I think I have another one. Still at Twi, folks. But outside of that, mm -mm. nope. I see that the main thing is this. In the virtual world, the digital world, I cannot take certain things in that world seriously. Insults from somebody. I don't know you. (laughs) The only thing I see is an avatar. A picture. Okay, so what? You say you're in Ohio and New Jersey or whatever? Well, I hope everything's going well for you. But I really don't know you, so really whatever you say, write, or try to convey doesn't have an impact on me for one main reason. I don't have a connection with you. I don't know you. So even if you were to call me the N-word or something like that, it still wouldn't matter because of one thing. I don't know you. Been called by worse thing by better people. So it wouldn't bother me. Now, here is the thing though. In an era of sensitivity, what do we do? We become hypersensitive, hyper-vigilant about everything. We want to now take our feelings and make them legislation. So, like the guy had the problem at the restaurant when he would call in for reservations, he uses the pronoun we, us, our. And he's trying to place an order and the woman's trying to find out how many are going to be in his party. And it was only him. And so finally the lady said, you need to come down here and personally make the reservation. We're not going to do this. Because she couldn't get a number from him as far as the number of people that were going to arrive with him and he kept talking about we, our, us and so she had no clue well when this person comes down to the restaurant he wants to speak to the manager he felt as though he was disrespected because this person did not honor their pronouns manager did just what I told him to. that's what I would have done told him to get the fuck out of here which he did Because your feelings does not warrant me changing my policy to make money. Because it's too damn tough. We have to put our foot down. At some point, people, we have to put our foot down. Let me tell you about a situation that I watched from a video that a woman sent me. And after seeing it, didn't know that she was going to wind up in court because now the husband and the wife are divorcing and the video footage is going to be required. But let me just give you an idea of what happened. She didn't start recording until the lady and her son started having a few words. Let me put things in context woman has this huge you know these shopping carts that's made like the little uh, cars character and that kind of thing where you can put your kids in and then you still have enough extra room for the groceries and all of this it's like an elongated cart well she had one of those she had two small children facing her in the seat buckled in and I'm talking about the basket inside the store they were in Walmart they had the little eight-year-old boy who was standing beside her with a whole armful of toys. You name it, he had it. And the dialogue began and the woman started cranking up her phone when the little boy said, Mom, I got all the toys I want. And the mother said, Son, I can't afford those. You got to put those back. I could probably do one toy, but not all of those. He says, no, you're going to do all of them. She put her phone on the situation at that point. At this point, the young man says, the little boy, he's around eight years old. He says, you're going to buy me these goddamn toys, yelling at her. And she says, no, you're going to put them back. He says, you don't want me to get angry. She says, you can get angry as you want. And then he started throwing the toys all over the place. Now, at this point, some of the employees are seeing what's going on and they're coming over and they're basically staying out of it but just putting, trying to put the toys up or trying to pick them up. Well, the woman turned away because one of the employees came behind her to pick up a toy that he had thrown towards her way. And she hears this slap and his kid had taken the toy and slapped this woman in the head with it and told her, I want my goddamn toys, yelling at her again. Well, the father comes over and the dad is like, no we need to go outside and talk so the dad grabs his son by the hand and he's pulling back and he said let me go motherfucker and the kid is just sliding as the man is pulling him out and he's like I would fuck you up if I was only talking big shit to him like a man would they get outside and he's talking to his son on the bench Now, the lady who was videotaping this said she had to see how this was going to come out. She left her phone on recording the whole time. The mom went and gathered every toy that this kid had thrown about, that these workers had put away, put them back into the cart, and she went through checkout. Meanwhile, the lady recording the thing went through self-checkout because she wanted to take a little time and kind of pace herself to see how this thing was going to end. The woman comes out of the store. The kid is a little bit calmer. The person who was videotaping this kind of comes out a little bit slower behind them. And the boy tells his father You see, mama is a better parent than you are. You're a failure. She did what I wanted her to do. This eight-year-old kid told his father this. Now, the sad thing about this, the lady saw her recording it and then she wanted to confront her at first and she says I don't want to have nothing to do with this dysfunction she ran over to her car. It just so happens that now she's been contacted by the woman's attorney to provide the video because the husband and the wife apparently divorced. Him. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how that comes out. Now And this is one of the reasons why I didn't use the audio from it on the show. I didn't want to be dragged into that bull. Now, here's the crazy thing about it. I want you to think about this for a moment. That kid knew what buttons to push. That kid knew how to play one parent against the other. And that kid knew he was going to get what he wanted, regardless. No matter what they did. permissive parents creates what? Entitled kids. Entitled kids create what? Hypersensitivity when it comes down to not getting what they want. But we created those monsters starting back in the 1990s when many of you ladies wanted to be independent and have your children without the man. And now you're complaining about the very byproduct of that decision. These young, emotional men who cannot control themselves. It's your fault, ladies. That's the only person you can blame for that. The only ones. And I know a lot of you like to say, well, you know, you had the irresponsible irresponsible young man." Yes, but they were irresponsible from the gate because they had irresponsible mothers. Let's put things in context. A lot of you ladies bought into that bullshit in the 90s about, oh, you just need to go and have the semen from a rocket scientist, a scientist, or a damn professor from a university. And then you found out that that shit didn't work. And you wound up being a struggling single mother, giving birth in some cases to an overly coddled male child that did not know how to be a man who basically got a family that he really couldn't be responsible for because he didn't know any better and the only thing he's done now is just perpetuated the dysfunction from one generation to the next thank you very much so let's call it as it is but see We're at this point where we don't like to call things as they are, we're still calling, (laughs) we're still calling compressed beans that happen to look like a steak, a veggie steak. Get the fuck out of here. That's a bunch of beans that's gonna make you fart. That's what it's about. We need to come off this make-believe shit because now the kids are leading the adults. The adults are not leading the kids anymore. We gotta wake up, folks. We gotta wake up and slap the bitch out of ourselves and really understand that we got into something that we may be in too deep for. More in a moment. Hi everyone, Jelson with you here. Romantic truth, Las Vegas baby. Yes, it is. Now, ladies, we got to have a talk. Now, there are some of you who do this, and I have run across a woman who told me the whole magic behind this, and what it is. And just to help you guys to it, there are some women out there that get into relationships. But they never want the guy to kind of do too good of a job with them. Whether it's emotionally, sexually, they want to have where there's a flaw. And what that flaw has to do with is an excuse or an option for them to leave the relationship. Because they really don't want to be with the person as far as love them. They may like them. They may like what the person does for them. But they want to have that way of getting away from them. Now, there are some women who will go through the process of showing a guy how to make love to her, but she may leave out some crucial points. And she does this deliberately because she never wants him to improve and be good enough in order to keep her. That's her option. So she has a built-in default mechanism in order to get out of the relationship, whether you like it or not. Now, I know this sounds counterintuitive, but hear me out. The reason why some women do this so they can still have their odds favored them when they go for another man. So they may not think that, hey, I, I could do better than this guy let me go and try a little bit harder elsewhere. And see, by not getting so emotionally attached, physically attached to him, they're a little bit more estranged. So they can make a better choice when it comes down to kind of weaning themselves of the guy so that they can move on. Now, this doesn't mean that they're going to break up with them, divorce them, or leave them. What this means is that it makes them more flexible Whereas if an opportunity comes about that's viable with another person, they have less difficulty disengaging with the current situation. And they can be more measured when they go into the new situation. Because, see, with a new guy, he has to learn her body all the way over again. he got to learn everything. He doesn't know anything. He's just going to go in there... And just assume what he already knows is going to work with her. And a lot of women, <laughs> they'll look at you and let you guys. Guys, they'll let you mess around and try all kind of shit. And then they'll finally say, are you done yet? I can show you how to do this. And of course, we let our pride and ego get in. Well, oh no, I know what it takes for a woman. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have that many nerve endings in your body compared to a woman. No, you don't. Let her tell you because a lot of men get it wrong by telling handing handing shit down oh you you just do this with the woman and you do that no uh-uh, uh-uh. let her tell you let her tell you this is how so many of you guys get ghosted this is how many how some of you guys wind end up just having that sex one time and then she cuts it off she she wants to be your friend then she doesn't want to she want to sleep with you anymore. It's because of that. She's not going to tell you, but that's what it's because of. She's like, well, he knew every damn thing and apparently he knew nothing. I shouldn't have to train him. He's a grown-ass man. He should know better. He could always ask me. That's the way a lot of women look at sex. And fellas, that's also where they look for that attention. You know, when they start talking about how they don't, get heard by men these are things that they look at these little sentimental moments that may sound like they're insignificant because you know we get in there and we want to prove we want to plow through her back 40 and act like we know what the hell we are doing but the truth is it makes us feel good make our ego feel good but it doesn't do anything for her and she just goes oh shit here's another one and once she starts thinking that way, you're done. You're done.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Fellas, I'm going to tell you. The woman that you're going to turn out the most is not going to be the one that you're how driving your dick through her. It's going to be that woman that you're listening to and she's listening to you. And what she's going to try to do in that process of You making her feel good as she guides you? She's going to also ask you how that feels. Fellas, I'm telling you. One thing that will help you. If you have her concentrate on her having an orgasm. And when I say that, I'm talking about where every aspect of her body is sensationalized. Where she's feeling it. This is nothing that can be manufactured. This is something she has put herself and in the mindset of. But you have to be conducive to put her in that mindset. And it starts with foreplay. Because, see, what happens is, as she gets into that mindset and you're whispering to her that you want to see her orgasm, Guess what she's going to try to do. She's going to try to go for that affirmation, you know, that attention that women want so badly well that's the main attention she wants in that bedroom with someone she loves who she can express herself and be admired for it and be appreciated for it and being that you're considerate of her and she gets that orgasm out and her knees are like noodles and she's just laying there and the only thing she can do is just stroke your hair and just tell you I'm weak At that point, yes. She's got that out of her system. And here's the thing. Once you've gone there with her, she realizes then sex is not so much a chore. It's fun. See, a lot of women don't like sex because they look at it as a job, an obligation, some kind of duty that they have to uphold because they're in a relationship. And then with that, you get all kind of bastardized perceptions of it. And then it's like, and fellas, some women will tell you straight up, oh, let's go and um, make this a quickie. That's because they want to be violent. They just want to help them get it done. Now, here's something else to keep in mind. Once you got there with her where she knows that, damn, this dude really cares about me. He cared about the way I orgasm. He sat there, he worked with me and worked through. At this point, what she's thinking about is, how can I better have him in my life as an integral part beyond the sex? Because, see, here's the thing. Sex is a component of a relationship. It is not the relationship. But with that component being intact doesn't matter how big your dick is or how hard you drill it or how hard your dick is it's about how she utilizes it to her benefit that's what's important that's the reason why I always tell you women will work with anything you got if they love you if they're into you trust me you could have a damn thumb they'll figure out a way to work that they will work it The only thing they need is that support and that positive reinforcement from you. When they get that, because see, here's the thing that a woman's dealing with when she's naked. First of all, she's vulnerable. Secondly, she's worried about criticism. Because you got to remember, she's been rejected by men because of the way she looked in some capacity. Even the guys, even though she may be very attractive... The guys who could not ever, ever, ever get a woman like her, they give her the backhanded compliment to try to break her down to their level. So that kind of shakes her self-esteem a bit with a little doubt. Then you have the others that are just being cruel and mean because they could possibly not be able to measure up to her standards. Or it could be a situation where they feel as though, oh, because you're female, you should be fun and all over me, because after all, I'm a nice looking stud. And so women have to navigate through all of those things, through body issues where they may feel as though they may not be good enough, or he may just want to walk out on me because of my body, because of the stretch marks, because of the sagging boobs, cellulite or whatever. Nope, and I tell you ladies all the time, you will very seldom find a man that's going to look at you naked and haul ass. Unless there are certain other conditions. Maybe if you have a penis, in some cases if he's straight. Maybe if it's a situation where you might be half human, half werewolf or something like that, that's different. But for the most part, uh uh-uh it's not going to be that way. So, here's the thing you have to understand. You have to get past those fears and start thinking about, okay, he's it seems like he's into me. Now, another thing ladies have written me about, a lot of you shorter ladies have written in about this. Why is it that men want us thinner and shorter ladies let me explain something to you the reason why men want you thin and short you petite ladies is because what many men have a fantasy of doing with you is actually having you lock your ankles around his neck along with your hands so that he can impel you while walking around the room I'm being honest with you and I'm just telling you now it doesn't apply to every man but a lot of men have that fantasy and they know with a larger woman with more weight they probably won't be able to do it but that's what it comes down to especially if he's very tall That's one of the real reasons. They will never tell you this though. Because they could walk around the house with you there, and they could just carry you anywhere, pin you up against the wall, against the refrigerator. But it's all consensual only, is what I'm saying. So I don't want any craziness going on outside of that. But that's usually the way men look at it. But we won't say it to you because. No guy's going to talk about a woman's weight. Well, let me take that back. Some guys will talk about a woman's weight. It depends. And the reason why I say that is because the reason why we don't bring up weight is because, of course, it's offensive. But, secondly, more so than anything, most men that have dated a lot of women understand that they are going to spread, they're going to retain more water. That's supposed to happen because of the way you were constructed as a female. Your body, your water distribution in your body is different than a man. You're different than a man physiologically. Nothing's wrong with that. That's the way it's supposed to be. We're doing all this human intervention... We got to watch that because we don't know what we're going to mess around with before it's over with. See, about this time in our existence and civilization, it would be mighty appropriate if some aliens from outer space came to Earth. This would give many people who are coming up with all of these different designations of themselves, this would give them something to do they can go and try to fuck aliens who knows but for the most part folks in all all sincerity that's why a lot of guys want the thinner more petite woman because it's harder to do it with a taller woman a larger woman and that's kind of one of the fantasies guys have Now, another thing too, once that woman's confidence is gained and she realizes that, hey, I got me a good man. He cares about me. The perks, fellas, are ridiculous. These women will bend over backwards for you and they will appreciate you and you'll appreciate her. And see, once you get that reciprocity going between the two of you, those relationships are the ones that last. Because see, as you grow your foundation, it becomes a little bit broader in that relationship. And as it is distributed, what happens then? The weight that you put on that relationship, it could stand it, it could stand it even more. Because It's distributed evenly. So you're not stressing on one thing in the relationship. You can kind of meet it out a bit where it's a little bit more palatable and nobody's overwhelmed. Your communication skills will improve greatly along with your consideration. And you'll be able to get along much better. And see, another thing, too, and I've seen this happen, I've talked to couples about this, because it happened with me and my ex wife. We got to a point where we were so good at sex with each other that it was like we kind of needed the other party in order to feel like we were having sex. And it's kind of hard to explain, but it was as if to say... If I imagined myself having sex with a coworker at that time instead of my wife, it wouldn't have worked. And the reason why it wouldn't have worked was because I would be under the uh, assumption that, of course, rightly so, that she wouldn't know what my wife does for me and vice versa. So it wouldn't, wouldn't jail. And so you kind of feel mismatched if you were ever to be with someone different. Now the reason why I talk about this is because I was talking to a friend of mine at the time, years ago, who was into swinging with his wife. They used to wife swap a lot, and <laughs> they told me, "Well, you know, maybe you and your wife should try." I was, oh no, we not, we not, oh, we're not doing that. But he would do it with his wife and I asked him I said how do you guys manage to keep your relationship together and he says here's what benefits us the most he said only we know how to make each other orgasm the key is we don't tell the other partner what it would take to turn that corner for us And as long as we don't, we don't have to worry about a threat of someone doing something on the same level as we do as a couple. Now, I thought that was kind of vague and lame myself when you said that. I'm scratching my head, and I'm like, really, dude, you think they can't figure it out? But he was talking about how long it would take for that to happen. About the same length of time it took for them to get themselves together in a marriage, provided that the person communicated what it would take. And that was the key. And so from that, I thought, I said, well, you know, for me and my wife, mm-mm. it was a thing where we had worked on that and got that down packed. And when you do that as a couple, it validates a lot of things about your relationship that may have been in question and for yourself as well. And then, before you know it, things start to gel and start to work well. But in any case, folks, the one thing to remember and one thing to take from this particular segment is that no matter what, you and your partner can get into sync. With each other, and once that happens, you'd be surprised how many amazing things can happen between the two of you. It's all about communication and consideration, it will work. More in a moment, folks. All right, let's see what we have in the mailbag. I don't know how to tell you this, Jocelyn, and I really shouldn't be talking about this, but I got to get this off my chest. I'm 47 years old now, and my marriage has just ended. I finally got the divorce decree last week, and I'm a free woman. I screamed to the highest heavens when I received it. My husband was an avid gambler for years. I can't tell you how much debt we have paid off. Let me rephrase that. I paid off over the years. Many times he was locked up for fraud, theft, anything associated with getting money to throw it away in slot machines. That was his big thing. We used to live in Vegas where you are now and eventually we had to move out. It was a long story. I can't tell you how many men I've had to sleep with to make it even on his debts. That was the most hurting part of this. I did this in my 20s for him all the way through my 30s and I actually stopped when I turned 40. He'd borrow money from people that I know would have thought nothing of killing him. And I sacrificed my body just so that I can make things right so my kid's father would not wind up dead. I think about these things now, but I didn't think about them then because I was in the moment and now I can reflect And after listening to your podcast, I know I need therapy. I set an appointment to go see a therapist very soon. I'm thinking seriously about going to a retreat because I will need some time to really unpack some of the things I've had to put up with and do in my marriage just to keep it together. There's some unmentionable things that I've done on our behalf to save our marriage. Back in 2009, we were about ready to lose our home. I had to wind up sleeping with his best friend so he would give us money. So that we could at least catch up on the mortgage. My husband never knew that. Never had a clue. I never let on one time. My daughter found out about it and was furious. But I begged her not to tell him. None of the kids like him. Even though they're grown now, they've had enough time to form their own opinions about him. And it's a consensus. They hate it all because of what happened to me. I know I'm going to be very limited in my availability as far as dating. You see, I'm HIV positive. I have herpes. And so, my life is ruined. This is what I got we trying to save a marriage that didn't need to be saved. Wow. I can't read the rest of the stuff, folks, because it's too personal and graphic. And she's talking about certain other information that's not really relevant, but... Yeah, for the most part, ma'am. You've been through it. You've been through it. I mean, my goodness. Mm. Ladies, this is what you don't do in a marriage or relationship. You know, when I tell you about giving only 25% of yourself max as far as compromise. This is what happens when you go overboard. When you start doing shit and not really holding your partner accountable. She went out there to sleep with these men so to save his ass and she winds up with two diseases that will never leave her body. She stuck with these for life. And what was the payoff? A divorce decree years later. You have to assess the value of your relationship at every given time. You really do. Because sometimes some certain sacrifices are just not worth it. You know, it's like a person would have a house that has a resale value of about maybe $75,000, okay? And they want to take out a $200,000 loan on it. Well, they'll say, well, I don't know about that because um, you don't have enough equity to cover the cost. And you damn sure don't have enough value. The house is not valued that much. So we'll lend you, instead of $72,000, we'll give you around $52,000. That's what we could lend you. And you go, oh, no, 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 I need more. The problem was, what this lady did was that she didn't call it as she saw it. She didn't say, hey, you know what, honey? Instead of me going out here trying to negotiate and trying to go and get more money for you to throw away or to pay off the debts that you already racked up, let me do this. Let me let you go on and wreck your life while me and the kids go our separate ways and try to live a decent one. What happened here, ma'am, was that you allowed yourself to get sucked into this vortex of a poorly managed relationship. See, you were trying to self-medicate him. Oh, I'll just go and pick up the pieces. And what he was doing was gaslighting you. How many times did he tell you he was going to quit gambling? How many times did he tell you it was his last time gambling? How many times you fell for that shit? And how many times you had to clean it up? And I know you made this sacrifice because he's the baby's father, the children's father. But you didn't do them any favors by staying there. Your kids are frustrated with you for what you've done more than likely. They're like, damn mom, you had to go out there and screw other men in order to make good on dad's debt. So now that one beacon of hope that they had in you is kind of dimmed because they knew dad was an apocalyptic fuck up and now they're looking at mom in that same light. So, what I would tell you in this situation, ma'am, is you are doing the right thing. You're going to need therapy and I would recommend you go. Um, Get you a good doctor if you haven't already and I'm sure you have and make sure that you do everything with the regimen for your medication. You know, I, I'm... Really sorry that that happened to you. But what you have to remember is you got to have standards. You got to have limitations. You got to have a cutoff point, a break point. You just can't go through some of the things people will put you through. Sometimes you got to cut that off at the past and say, you know what? I ain't going through this shit. So what's going to happen is either I'll meet you on the other side. And well, I think what you should have done here, in hindsight, there's always twenty twenty, right? That's when you tell him, hey, look, okay, you and this damn gambling, we need to talk. Oh, what are you saying? I'm, I'm... No, you're not the problem. Your gambling addiction is because that resides inside you. You're just a vehicle for that addiction to take place. And they're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? You wouldn't tell yourself to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and go to the casino. That addiction tells you that. Because, see, the addiction doesn't care about you or anybody else associated with you. And that addiction will cause you to do a lot of things that may be questionable, illegal, or even dangerous. I was looking at one of the cases it was an older case on Court TV to show you how brilliant some of these people are. These guys went to a convenience store to rob it so they could take the money from the convenience store to go to the casino to win more money. That was their strategy. Of course they didn't make it out of town they got caught and on her during jail time. Stupid! So, what it comes down to, ma'am, you'll need to go to therapy and try to get your life together. And you're right, you'll probably need a rehab clinic where you can have some time to really reflect. They'll get you on a schedule and you can address many of the issues and many of the triggers that caused you to go into action in order to put yourself in harm's way like that. Because that's something you need to check on because what that also reflects is how you feel about yourself. Mean that you slept with all these men on his behalf, how do you feel about yourself? And please don't tell me you're trying to be a martyr. Are you trying to be someone that went and did? Let me tell you something about martyrdom. You know, the only people care about you being a martyr, no matter who you are. Just your followers. Nobody else gives a damn about your martyrdom. You look at Martin Luther King. Why is Martin Luther King? So highly touted in American society. It's not because he was a martyr. A lot of people would use that as the reason. No, it's because Martin Luther King spoke up when everybody else stayed silent. He talked about what the problem really was. And if you really look at it, who were the two people that got in the most trouble? Think about it for a moment: Martin Luther King and Muhammad Ali. You see, the rest of the banter about how the white man did this and the black—that was irrelevant. The reason being, there was nothing done from it. When you look at what Dr. King did, you look what Muhammad Ali did with Vietnam, that brought in a whole new mindset where people were being more objective. Muhammad Ali said he wasn't going to Vietnam. He stuck by his word and not only that if it meant he had to go to jail so be it now it cost him as far as boxing but that's okay but look at the people he standing beside it Jim Brown Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Ozzie Davis and many many others I think Joe Frazier as well some, one of those uh, several other boxers because see what you have to remember is this folks No matter what, you gotta have that place where you know I've gone past the point of no return, and I'm doing this as a cause, not a sacrifice. Now Out of all this, ma'am, that was done for this man, your husband, has he ever once told you thank you? I think that that's what's getting you the most. He probably never acknowledged your efforts. He probably never said, hey, you know what? Thank you for doing what you did. He probably expected it. And as long as he did that, you were being objectified. So, by all means, please pursue therapy so that you can still live the rest of your life. And you will find someone will be able to work with your condition and have a decent relationship with them you'll see but what you have to do is you got to start on the work for yourself first because right now you feel worthless to yourself by doing what you've done for him I sent you the link and we'd love to chat with you alright more in a moment folks I'm going to start on this topic and we're going to escalate and expound on it in the next uh, episode. Now, there's been much talk about the sweeties. What are the sweeties? Sugar babies, sugar mamas. Sugars, whatever, right? Let's take a look at sugar babies. What are sugar babies? They come in various varieties. Usually, these women are under the age of about 25. Not always. Some of them will go up to 30. The here, Here's the thing. The younger they are, the more valuable they are to the quote-unquote sugar daddy. Now... The sad thing about this, let's face some realities here. Many of these girls are teenagers and they're underage. A lot of these guys are hebophiles and epophiles. What these people will do, I know I probably pronounced the second one wrong, what these individuals do, they go after these young girls for dates, relationships. Starting families, you name it. Now, the way these folks operate usually is they get a buy-in from the parent. In other words, if it's a single mom especially, they're trying to wild a single mom. Her baby can go and be with this older man. You see a lot of this on YouTube and different social media when they talk about the girl 16 and the baby's father the baby daddy is 28 come on baby daddy sound like a fucking child but here's what i'm saying overall we have to look at a few things and forgive me for using the language i just did but here's i hate that term baby daddy baby mama it sounds like we're infants it sounds like certain people in the population never grew out of wearing diapers. You act like children, you'll be treated like children. That's all I have to say. Anyway, let's go on with this. These young ladies are giving trinkets and they think it's money. So, they might get a $1,000 to go to the mall from one of these guys. Well, hell, $1,000 may be a lot of money to a 15, 16-year-old, right? But here's the thing you have to watch. They don't talk about how complicit some of the parents are with these types of arrangements. And this is where they need to start looking at also how much did the parents know about these young people, underage people, being in inappropriate relationships with all the guys. A lot of these young girls will position themselves to look much older than they are. And here's the problem for some of you guys. You may not have done very well in school. So, the way the girl presents herself may be adequate enough for you to believe that she's a certain age. Always ask for ID. Whenever you meet any woman that looks like she might be a minor ask for ID ask for it I'm just telling you that would help you along the way now here's the thing they want the adult life but they don't want the adult responsibility because they haven't developed the appreciation for that yet and they're not ready to take on that responsibility. They, take on it. they want to have a good time. They want to act like they're older. They want to be treated like an adult. And they think they have it on lockdown with their philosophy. Now, another thing about these sugar babies, you have some. The only thing that they are required to do are send men photos. I get inundated with these folks all the time on Snapchat. These girls will do these sexy videos, of course they're halfway new and they'll say something like you know for $25 a month you can get my photos or go to my OnlyFans page to hell with you and your OnlyFans I'm not interested in your kid go somewhere and hide but the thing is they're marketing themselves for younger weaker people now some of these people are actually of an age or older and they try to pretend like they're younger so you have to be careful on that I personally would say if in doubt, throw it out. If you think this girl may be younger than she says she is, don't argue. Just just don't do it. Don't get involved with it. Run away from it. Don't get involved, because I'm telling you. If you get one of those charges on you, you're not, that shit doesn't come off. That shit does not come off. Because even if you get acquitted, <laughs> society is still going to call you you know that word and as a male they're going to look at you as a predator for the rest of your life so you want to avoid that now there was a guy that was with a girl and she had fake ID down in Florida and they were in the car he was intoxicated so was she he was driving He was pulled over. And her ID said that she was 21. Well, apparently, the police officer kind of knew better. He wasn't buying it. Found out that, indeed, she was 16. And this man was considerably older. Well, he wound up doing a lot of time. Uh, Something like aiding to the delinquency of a minor. Um, I don't know if they found any kind of sexual activity between the two of them. But what wound up happening, he had to wound up doing like 10, 12 years in prison for being with this girl. She got scot-free and wound up finishing high school. She got pregnant after high school, got with another guy, and moved on with her life. this man was stuck in prison. This is the reason why I tell you fellas, I know you want to go younger, but you got to be very, very careful. Uh, Meet the parents if you're not sure. Because the parents are not going to lie to you. They're going to tell you how old the kid is. Because if she told you that she's 21 and she doesn't want you to meet her parents, there's a good possibility she's lying to you and setting you up see they don't get charged for deceiving men and this is what you have to realize the risk you're taking is all on you they walk away they will go and have a free life your ass will be the one stuck with the prison record stuck with being classified as a sex offender that's going to be you and that's going to be your life now These girls will also run ads on Tinder and different sites where they go and they meet these men one-on-one for sexual activities. Some of them do this on um, Craigslist still. And of course, many of them have their own fans page. A word to the wise fellas, I'm just telling you. A lot of those girls are damaged. Many of them have been abused growing up. And this is what they do. They use their bodies as a vehicle to make money. And I'm telling you, you get caught. You think people used to get nervous when they, when a guy would say, Hi, I'm Jim Hansen <laughs> from The Catch a Predator. Uh, yeah. That's going to be your ass if you're not careful. This is not to incite fear. This is to incite awareness. Because you are going to be solely responsible for anything that goes on with the minor. I'm telling you that now. Whether you knew about it or not, it's best to avoid them. They have nothing good for you if you're an older man. I know you want the sex and all of that stuff. Get that out of your head. Bypass it. Because it's nothing but a liability you have individuals out here in these organizations who try to catch these type of people that prey off these children but keep in mind though many of them are setting you up don't participate with them ask them their age, they tell you their age, you move on you delete them, you don't talk to them see the thing is is to find out how old a person is and that's the hardest thing And yet, it falls in line with that lie about a woman never tells her age. Well, ladies, you need to start telling your age. If you want to date. Because a lot of these guys are not going to fuck around and get a prison record because of you. No matter how how young you say you are, how old you say you are. That's just the way it is. Nobody's got time for that dumb shit. Now, another thing too. When it comes down to these sugar babies uh, soliciting these men, because I've been solicited online like crazy, and so many, so as many of you other guys, I'm sure, the one thing you have to remember, stay away from Google Hangouts, stay away from any kind of uh, random conversation where you probably have Google Voice on your phone or something like that and you get a random text, and they try to act like they didn't know who this is, that kind of thing. Mm-mm. It's just to save you. It's just to help you out. I'm just pointing these things out because, see, back then, when I was out on the dating scene, the biggest thing we had to worry about with these kind of girls was them trying to come to the club with fake ID, and they'd always get carded and get we did get figured out real quickly but now they're avoiding establishments like that for the most part and they're trying to meet guys one on one and that's where you have to watch it because if you got if you get caught with one of these girls and you're by yourself with her and you guys have had sex <laughs> you're going to prison you could you, you could just count on that you're gone that's why they've some buts. So, you have to be vigilant. You have to know who you're dating. Make sure you read their profile on their dating site. If they're saying they're 19 and they look like they're 16, oh, you got to prove it. Personally, I wouldn't deal with someone that's 19. I'm 59, but even when I was 19, I didn't deal with a 19-year-old. I dealt with a woman. Few years older the reason being she had something to lose if she lied these young girls don't have anything to lose it's win-win for them and they are minors, so they're not held to the same standard you are as an adult just don't get involved just don't deal with it I'm telling you We'll talk more in just a moment. i tell you what, we'll carry this over into the next podcast, the next episode.
0: Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and one Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams. Jorzen, are you looking up my skirt? Round one, fight! you and Gina need to cut it out, we have another episode to do.